The Business Travel Podcast, brought to you by The Business Travel Magazine. Hi, my name is Bev Ferris and I'm the editor of The Business Travel Magazine and I would like to welcome you to our Business Travel Podcast. This is part of a series called Checking In With, when we check in with various people from the industry and we um, ask them some sometimes quite prying questions and hope that that leads to a, a nice informal conversation and some fun and we hope that we get to know the personalities behind the LinkedIn profiles and today I'm very pleased to be chatting with uh, Paul Tilstone from Festive Road. Hi Paul. Hello Bev, uh, very pleased to be here. I like the idea of getting behind that sort of formal LinkedIn profile. That's, that's, that's exactly what we wanted to achieve with these podcasts. So let's hope that we get to know you a bit better today. Although I think most people know quite a lot, a lot about you anyway. You're one of these people that's quite open. Um, I, I think that's the way to say it. Um, big, big personality. So um, first of all, quick 30 seconds a minute, just to introduce yourself, uh, a bit about your job, family, pets, dislikes, hobbies, off you go. Yeah, so uh, I'm a 53-year-old uh, male, uh, Welsh of origin. Welsh? I live in, yeah, Welsh. I live in Dorking in, uh, in Surrey, about uh, 15 miles away from you, as you well know. Uh, I um, have worked from home for nearly 20 years, so the, the lockdown hasn't changed a huge amount in terms of my office location. I'm married to uh, Jackie, uh, and have been for 20 years, met her at Portman Travel, and, uh, and I have two Portman Travel boys, uh, obviously because I was at Portman Travel at the time, uh, one, Finn, who's 17, and uh, Jude, who's 12, and I have a dog called Holby. A dog called Holby. So just go back to the, you're Welsh, you don't sound very Welsh, Paul. No, I, I've been teased about this for the whole of my life, because um, everyone says, well, hang on a second, your parents were English, your, your brother's English, and you don't have a Welsh accent. How can you be Welsh? But I was born in Wales. I was born in Bridgend. And I've always, I've always identified with being Welsh, especially when it comes to the rugby. And I'm sorry to say this at this point in time for all those England fans out there. I don't, what's happening then? I don't, I'm not into rugby. <laughs> oh, well, if, you're, if you're an England fan, you've been in turmoil for the past kind of 10 weeks. And uh, there were a lot of very dodgy decisions uh, made uh, which caused... Well, Wales would have won anyway, but they won partly because of those decisions. Okay, okay. So, so you're in Dorking. I'm guessing the sun's out there today. It's slowly down here in uh, in Henfield. All good. It's beautiful. Yeah, I have uh, I have a view out onto Box Hill, uh, which is actually very well known by people who don't even live in um, around in this area. It used to be a big. Uh, big walking place for people coming out of London. Lots of motorbikes used to gather around here as well. So it's very well known. So that was one of my questions for later, but you've got a nice view of Box Hill from your office. You, this is the office you've worked in, you say, tw 20 years? Have you, have, you, have you been living there for 20 years or have you? Yeah, we've been living here for 20 years. I did have an office upstairs, but my uh, as my son's got bigger, I was turfed out into the box room. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's, and it's painted purple and it's got a, an original Mr. Ben on the wall. <laughs> Painted purple because of the Festive Road branding. Correct, yes. Okay. I what, what came first, the office or the, or the, or the purple brand? 
the purple brand came first, obviously, and then we painted the office accordingly. Yeah, I wasn't inspired by my wall, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> what colour should we have our brand oh let's let's, let's colour it after all so what so, so do you actually have people come to see you at your at your home office Is there no a you just it's inspired it, it, you to have purple walls yeah li literally it, people would have to sit on my knee if they came to my home office I mean I have I have had people around the house of course but um, most of the time I meet people in other locations I love doing walking meetings so um, as you will know because we've yeah. done one yeah yes yeah, so wherever possible, I, I try and meet people kind of within the local vicinity and go for a nice walk. I think that's going to be a new thing, actually, as we come out of lockdown, people wanting to do that more other than sitting in restaurants and cafes in central London. I think it's going to be one of the positive trends that come out of the, the lockdown. I, I understand it's called the third space. Oh, is it? So is that actually yes. for it? Of course there is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Excellent. Well, listen, first question. We're going to go in for, let's have a look. Okay, what's your most embarrassing moment, Paul? God, my most embarrassing moment. I think this is this, this is the question I had the uh, the biggest problem with, really. Good. Um, but well, probably because um, I've got huge numbers of embarrassing moments in my life. I've, I've you know, I've always been someone to kind of to put myself out there, and because of that, you do end up getting into quite a lot of difficult situations the, the, I think the kind of the one that I can talk about because there are plenty I can't um, was actually when I was a Thompson rep many many years ago and I, I, I ended up looking after this seems really weird the over 55s so I'm 53 so why would somebody need looking after over 55 um, and I, I arranged a beetle drive I don't know whether you know what a beetle drive is no so a beetle drive is where you use the dice to throw and each one of the dice represents a body part of the beetle and you kind of need certain numbers of like dice throws to get the beetle parts. Yes. And one of, the, one of the ladies I was looking after was a widow and um, she only had one eye. And I remember shouting out as I was walking around to the rest of the group, this lady over here only needs one eye because she did on the on the beetle drive. That's so it. that was probably my most embarrassing situation <laughs> that immediately springs to mind. So was it was it fun working at 18 to 30? You weren't really it, working, you were working with Thompson, you said. Yeah, I never I never I never did 18 to 30. Oh. I, don't, I, don't think, I, I couldn't have lasted 18 to 30. I did I did Portland holidays. Thompson holidays and then what was Horizon, which was the over 55s. Ah, okay. Excellent. So was that one of your first jobs in travel, presumably? It, it was my first job, yeah. I I um I, I came out of university having done a psychology degree. Uh, and uh, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I was just kind of bumbling around doing all sorts of odd jobs and working in a pub. And my mum said you should apply to be a tour rep, and I'm like, well, okay. So I applied and um, and got the job and uh, went out to Greece and ended up staying in Greece for three years and Thailand for six months and Cyprus for six months and absolutely loved it. I mean, I, I think I ended up about nine stone. I was, you know, it was sort of 90 hour weeks, lots of ouzo, lots of kind of parties and lots of very hard work, um, but absolutely loved every minute of it. It's amazing how many people in the industry actually started as reps. And you yeah. People. It's obviously gives yeah. you a good grounding. 
I think I, I think one it's a kind of love of travel. Um, you also see the, the flip side. I mean, I do remember I, I knew the time had come for me to stop being a rep when somebody asked me where they could go and get bacon and eggs. And I, I said, you're in Greece. And I, I think I'd, I'd sort of, you know, <laughs> I'd become a bit tainted by that point. But it's, it's kind of the love of travel. And ultimately, I, th I think really good grounding in customer service. Um, and of course, there's always a sales component in being a tour rep. You've got to sell all the tours and make sure they go ahead. There's an organizational operational piece. So it is a really, really good grounding, I think. Yeah. So what is the one thing you wish you'd known when you started your career? I um, I think that like so I guess the first thing I'd say is I don't I wouldn't change anything I wouldn't even change the mistakes I'd made or because I have to kind of have do have this kind of fateful belief that you end up being where you're going to be um, and the decisions you make and the mistakes you make lead you there um, so, um, I think probably just to relax a little bit, I think when I was younger, I was very, so I was incredibly, um, I, I was driven, but at the same time, I was always a bloody clock watcher. I mean, I remember I would sort of get in at nine, leave at 5.30. That was always quite important to me to sort of have a, a life outside of work. So, I, and I don't think I would change that given where we are now in, in the world. Actually, that's encouraged to, to have a life outside of work. But I think when I was in work, I was always a bit kind of tense about whether I'd succeed in life or not. And I think if I, I should have just relaxed and kind of gone with it, really. Mm, I, think, I guess a lot of people would think that looking back at their younger selves, if you'd have known, if you'd have known that, it would have been probably enjoyed it a bit more, do you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I did have a good time. I had a great time. After Thompson, I, I came back to the UK and couldn't find a job. I ended up get falling into business travel, going to the job centre and finding a job selling travel for Uniglobe Travel. And at that point in time, it was commission only. And I had to go around knocking on doors on the streets of London. And that's really, you know, I think about that now, it's quite a daunting thing for a kind of 22, three-year-old to go and do that. But I loved every minute of it. So I, I did enjoy myself. I just think I was a bit tense, that's all. Yeah, okay. So uh, next question, what is your most annoying habit? Oh, well, that's an easy one, really easy. Uh, and it's, uh, what's the word, when you, uh, when you just go and do something really fast without thinking about it? Impulsiveness. Okay. Now, it, it, I would say it's both my best and worst, like kind of all these things are. Um, but there are many times in life where I have jumped to a response or a decision and I wish I, it goes back to that relaxing bit, I wish I'd just taken a moment to pause and reflect and think. Um, and it's got me into hot bother a few times, I would say. But, um, but at the same time, that impulsiveness, that kind of quick moving has also been a real advantage to me in my career as well. So, you know, it's two sides. So would you encourage your children to go into travel? So I, I, I had to think about this question and there's sort of two bits to it. One is um, I wouldn't encourage them to go into any, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sort of lead them down the pathway to go into any sector because going back to that, I wish I'd been a bit more relaxed about my future career path. I, I want the same for them. And that means I have to kind of steward them from a distance and make sure they're kind of applying for the right things if they want to do it. 
But ultimately, I don't care where they end up um, and what they end up doing as long as they're happy. And I, I think they both will be. They're quite, both quite emotionally intelligent. That's really important, especially for a, a, a lad, I think, in today's world. Um, they're, they're good with people. So uh, and they're reasonably smart. They're not, you know, they're not the smartest kids in the world. But then um, I don't think you have to be these days. It's it's kind of all the other facets. On the other hand, if they decided they wanted to go and travel, I mean, I'd be delighted because I, I do think it's a fabulous industry. I always described it as like a cross between sort of advertising and banking. There's sort of there's a formality to it, but it's not so formal that you, you can't sort of uh, create your own pathway and uh, create your own methodologies in this sector. And that's kind of the advertising bit as a creative component to travel. So I think it's a great industry. Okay. What's your biggest achievements in work or uh, life or any, anything? Well, I, I was, was talking about this to my wife the other day because I did something in the kitchen and she, as she often does, she, she turned to me and said, I really don't understand how you can run a business. I'd obviously done something really stupid. And so in, in some ways, my biggest achievements, and I do credit myself with this, is uh, finding the best life partner that I possibly could for my personality and my environment and to be able to live as myself and also finding the best business partner, um, you know, obviously both of them are, are, are women and really strong and determined and very smart women. So for me to have either it's complete fluke and they found me by accident or within me is finding the right people to have success in my life. And so I sort of that for me, that's been my big, biggest success that and and um, and sort of uh, co-founding this business and. Uh, achieving what we've achieved and trying to push the industry and change the industry that, that all of that kind of combined in one okay so opposite to that what's been your biggest disappointment in life I don't think I have any I know I know it's like you know you'd expect oh no and did anything wrong don't have any disappointments I really don't think I have any disappointments because of that like everything that's gone wrong or everything that I didn't end up doing or taking advantage of has, has led me to this point. And I'm, I'm really, really happy at this point. So I, I don't have any, I don't have any, any regrets or any disappointments. Okay, I'll let you, I'll let you off with that one then. Thank you. <laughs> what are you missing most in lockdown, Paul? Uh, people. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think I, I've always known I'm an extrovert. Um, in fact, I recently listened to um, a BBC Four episode on meetings with David Mitchell, who identified that there are ambiverts who switch between extroverts and introverts. And actually, I do think I'm an amb ambivert because I, I love crowds and gatherings, um, but I'm I'm really I'm really I, I don't think I'm very good on one to one. I sort of keep it shallow. I, I never go deep. Uh, I have a very few friends that I go really deep with. Um, and a lot of the time I may, may really enjoy big crowds and then I will, I really like my own space. I want to get away from people. And then when I'm ready, I kind of come back to the big crowds. But I've realized groups of people are what give me my energy. I, I really feed off of that. And, you know, I always said if I wasn't in business travel and this all fail, failed, 
I'd go and run a market stall or something where I could kind of shout at people as they walk past or, you know, talk about the lovely cauliflowers I've got on the stand or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, def definitely groups of people and conferences, industry conferences. Yeah, it's funny. Just the thought of having six people to see in a few weeks' time has really, really cheered me up. It's Yeah, it's right. Just to have that, just a few more, few more around you just to make you feel life back to normal again. So, see, that's, that, that, that's the weird thing. I, I'm not interested in six. I want two to three hundred or a couple of thousand because then I can, I can keep stadium worth. Yeah, I can keep moving. I can have one liners with people, kind of a lot of laughs, but never get into that kind of detailed chat. Whereas with six, you've got to get into detail, haven't you? So with, with conferences you mentioned, and I have, this is not on the list of questions that I gave you in advance to look at. Ooh. What's been your best conference? What's the most memorable conference you've been to? Ah, oh, blimey. I, I suppose there are probably two that spring to mind. Um, the, the first was, um, the first is, is the first ever GBTA convention that I went to, just because I think, you know, you, you get used to conferences of two to 400 people in the UK apart from the business travel show, but, you know, that's not, it's more of an expo. Um, and, um, and then you go to GBTA convention, there was 7,000 people and it sort of blows you away a little bit. Um, and also it's, there's kind of so much to do and you've got the jet lag and everything else. So I just kind of always loved those events. Um, but also uh, the other one that springs to mind would be my first uh, conference uh, as ITM CEO, the first time I had to actually deliver one rather than being a board director turning up and kind of contributing. Um, and that was in Manchester uh, in 2006 um, with the support of Mark Harris and the rest of the ITM team at that time and the board. And, uh, and I, I loved delivering a conference. It's where I realised I had a bit of a passion and a bit of a skill, I think, for kind of all the nuances of what it takes to deliver a conference and get the best out of people on stage and that type of stuff. Do you get nervous before you do these these events? Do you have a, any kind of routine that you go through to calm your nerves or prepare yourself? It, it depends on the event, um, but um, I, I, I was so first of all I'd say yes. But the sort of scale of the nerves depends on the event and depends on the audience. If I'm presenting a sort of a keynote on um, strategy to lots of senior people at the Beat Live, that sort of worries me a bit. And, and actually, I don't like presenting. I much prefer moderating. I, I don't actually think I'm a very good presenter, and I often rely on scripts, whereas um, Caroline, for example, is really strong on presenting, but she doesn't like moderating, which is quite interesting. Um, if it's a, um, a sort of more junior conference and, then, and I'm doing a moderation role, much more relaxed in the whole process. Um, I do do some of the RADA stuff. We all, as Festive Road, the team all went through some RADA training. Um, and so I ground my feet, feel the earth, take some nice breaths. I do take breaths from the, from the, you know, the, from the diaphragm rather than shorter breaths. Um, I kind of, you know, look across the whole audience, pinpoint three people, left, centre and back. So all those kind of standard things, I write smile on my notes, um, all the sort of standard stuff to make sure that I come across well, really. Have you ever, have you ever made any terrible mistakes and come away thinking, oh my goodness, that's, that was so embarrassing? Have you ever... Have you ever failed one of your yeah many times and um i think it's one of those things as a conference speaker or or panelist 
you just have to be you have to get used to it and you have to be prepared for it because otherwise you'll be so buttoned up you wouldn't say or do anything on that stage that wasn't kind of one of your three things and I think it's you know it's a bit like this conversation that they're much more valuable when you get kind of free text coming out, free dialogue. So, yeah, I've definitely said things that I shouldn't have said on stage. Um, I've, you know, maybe afterwards had to clarify, um, but that's all good. I'm, I'm okay with that. It's fine. So going, going back to lockdown, if you could come out of lockdown tomorrow and, and be absolutely sure that you can do whatever you want to do and no problem with the pandemic, what would you, what would be your ideal first day out um i guess um it, it would have to be going to a, an industry conference i mean i am at the moment um if per, you know if the rules permit me to and it, it's safe to I'm having my jab on saturday actually so that's really positive um uh, if the rules permit me to then i will you know i'd like to go to gbcha in orlando um, I, I, there won't be anywhere near the 7,000 people, but there'll still be a really good group and I'll get to see some of my American festive roaders and lots of people that I haven't seen for a long time because I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting people. That's the problem is, you know, if, if you haven't spoken to someone for a year and a half, two years, I, I forget that I know some of these people and I, I just need some of that visual stimulation, really. So I think that that would be my ideal first day would be getting on a flight over to Orlando or wherever it is, could be another conference, or going to the business travel show if it was tomorrow, that would be perfect. Being on the festive road booth at the business travel show. That would seriously be your first day out of lockdown? Being 100%. Wow, that's dedicated yeah. for you. Excellent. Uh, what have you missed about... It, Sorry, go on. I was going to say, it's not dedication if you love doing it, is it? It's like, you know, it's easy. If you if you like cycling, then going on a 30-mile cycle ride is easy. But if you don't like cycling... you it's not going to be very nice for you, is it? So, you know. Do you like cycling? No, bloody ate it. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what have you missed about travel? Obviously, you've missed travel because you want to get straight back onto a flight as soon as you can. What, what have you missed about it? Yeah, I, um, I think I've, I've missed the, the sort of the, the variance in sight, smells, taste when you visit another country. I mean, we were very fortunate... My family and I managed to actually get away in um, end of August last year to Rhodes for 10 days. We were one of the few kind of families that got away. And I just really savoured those 10 days and the kind of Greek food and the, the Greek drink and the, the you know, the, the, the smell of, um, of, of eucalyptus or olive groves or whatever it was. So um, I think I, you know, I love going to the States. I love love feeling when I exit the, you know, the aircraft and in the airport, I know I'm in somewhere different, even though we, we reportedly speak the same language, we don't. So um, I love all that. I love going to uh, Asia. I love, you know, parts of Europe. So um, it, it's the end experience for me. The flight's okay. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm always pretty comfortable. I enjoy having a nice dram on the flight. I enjoy downtime watching films and things. Um, but it's the end destination I enjoy most. What, what do you do to relax? Not not just on flights, but just in general, what would be your... your uh, gin and tonic and, and uh, a Game of Thrones. That's my uh, that's my relaxation. I mean, I'm actually we're coming to the end of watching it, the whole series, for the second time. It shows you how much time we've spent. Oh, I've never, <laughs> haven't even seen it once. Ah, you've got to. It's awesome. Wow. Um, uh, so I do... I do that. I go for walks. 
um, uh, and um, and that's pretty much it, really. And spend time with the family. I, I do love spending time here. We're a really close unit. Um, my boys like walking, which is amazing. They've always liked walking. A lot of people say, "Oh, blimey, how did you drag those boys out?" But they really love it. So that for me, that at the end of a walk with my family. I like I, I feel like I, I sort of take a deep breath and sort of relax. I can definitely feel that happening. Um, and then I've recently started working out with Joe Wicks as well. And that definitely helps. Is he, is he still doing his, his morning work, workouts? No, he stopped that. But I've been doing the 90 day cycle, which is his diet and workouts. And it's prescribed to you based on your kind of measurements. It's a bit it's horrible. You've got to take a photographs of yourself beforehand, load them up to his website and then a month later, you do photographs again. It's really not a pretty sight. I can tell you that much. I just hope they nev they'll never become public and it's not hacked. Do you like Chris? No, I never wear lycra. <laughs> <laughs> never ever. So what? So is it working? Have you been? How, how far in, into it are you? Are you? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I basically my my ambition is like through, through this whole terrible last year. I've done 10 months of eating and drinking what the hell I like. Uh, and then the last two months, I'm going to come out smelling of roses. I'm going <laughs> to look amazing. So, yeah, it is working so far. Hopefully, it'll uh, make enough of a difference. I can fit back into my suits and put on those leather shoes and not feel like <laughs> bloated everywhere. So, yeah. Oh, excellent. Well, I look, look forward to seeing you then, the, the new pool. <laughs> but you're seeing it. You're seeing it right now. Can you not tell? can only see up to your uh, bottom of your neck so <laughs> oh it's been really fun talking to you Paul thank you so much for taking the time I think we've learned more about you today and um yeah see see you on the other side see you soon take care yeah I look forward to hearing more of these thanks for doing them Bev <laughs> thanks take care bye bye